Hello, true crime addicts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kara. And this is A Latte Murder, a podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But we continue to do it anyway. Grab a cup of caffeine. And join us for A Latte Fun. Here we go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's is it up? recording? What's up, friends? Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're back. I feel like we've drank zero alcohol, but are as loopy as if we did. Yes. Sorry if you hear my mic moving. I'm trying to get comfortable. Yeah, we're at Taylor's house this week. We're still trying. We should get mics that freaking like hang from the ceiling. Oh yeah, like hook up. Like hook. But then we have to record here. Hold on. It kind of sucked. That was disgusting. I think you could just hear me swallow. It really sucked driving to my parents' house to drop off my dog and then to drive here. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. That took like half my gas tank. Well, maybe you should have moved where I live. I don't want to move to... I almost... <laughs> I know you You say I almost town name. said it. I don't want to move to a place that has nothing. There's a lake. This chair is really squeaky. There's a lake. Oh, well, great. Now people know that you live on a lake. <laughs> Come find me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. Dun, dun, don't actually dun. come find me please but like i don't know they didn't know i was gonna say something really off topic i was gonna say no but seriously i want that cup for my birthday <laughs> Kara found we can shout them out i don't yeah. have my phone oh. you have your phone so closer. i was scrolling on the old tickety talk the other night yes and i saw this one let me pull it up um let me turn my volume down so the Etsy shop is simple. <laughs> it's it's simple and then it looks like it's eclectic, but I think it's creation. So it's simple. C L E C T I creations. Okay. It's really cool and it's a like um travel mug. Mhm. Um but they're different sizes. Cup. Yeah, like but they're different sizes and you can pick up to six serial killers pictures. Yeah. And I told and Taylor's And like, a quote, like she put she had a quote, a Ted Bundy quote on her the one she yeah. was making in that. Yeah. And uh Taylor's like, Oh, I don't know if I want the those those faces <laughs> and I said, I will sit on a plane, even though I hate flying, and make <laughs> eye contact with somebody as I drink out of that cup. Yeah. No, I mean I would And then airport security it. would probably Get me off the plane. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, the frick? TSA would come and be like, ma'am? Um, I don't think it's illegal to have serial killers on your cup. <laughs> they might They might think I'm If you have nothing I'm in sus. your bag that's suspicious, you then... You might think I'm sus. 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 We're, we're in it. We are... We are young. <laughs> Can use young terms. Sus. Sus. You sus. I feel kind of old though you are old a little old for sus yeah <laughs> i just reached since my half birthday is passed i'm now in my late 20s <laughs> Kara's 25 and a half i'm 25 and a half i just turned 24 and i feel old as hell <laughs> am i 24 yes yes you just turned 24 okay <laughs> and i feel old yeah mm-hmm. like my knees sorry to our older listeners <laughs> yeah sorry like but my knee, my knees 
when I go down the steps hurt. They crack. No, they don't crack. <laughs> Not they, yet. They just are kind of sore. Yeah. So I'm thinking. But you work out. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe I should start power walking for a couple days <laughs> instead of like running power on the walking. tread. But also like <laughs> I want to run. Power walking. Just like they're like incline up to power walkers. My Six grandma percent power or greater. Walks. Three, two. I can just hear like our coaches like like um we're gonna take up this um push pace if you've ever been to orange theory you know what i'm talking about <laughs> we're gonna take push pace runners and joggers at two percent incline power walker six percent or greater in three two one <laughs> so you're telling me i can come there and power walk instead of run yeah that's and since that you're injured like you could bike instead i am injured i have a boot on my foot but I don't... You, you can't do the rower though <laughs> yeah i don't know if i said about my foot hurting last time because i didn't have the boot on but it was still hurting you yeah I, I think you brought it up now you have a boot i have a boot i have to get an mri think it's a fracture yeah that sucks <laughs> so here i am crippled for now that sucks yep oh well i did an arm workout and a core workout three days ago and i'm still sore <laughs> you where wanna- should we go if me and kara go on a trip Lizzie Borden's house to look at something for the podcast. Where Lizzie she Borden's house. We should just house. go to the Mansfield Penitentiary. Yeah, I mean we can do that on a nice weekend. Yeah, we could do. That. I have to burp. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, Lizzie Borden's I'm house. Sneeze now. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but Lizzie Borden's house, I feel like, would be boring why it's gonna be just an old house but people got killed there that's not boring i don't know you just don't want to go to a place where people got killed no i don't care about that okay good because i'm like then we should probably shouldn't go to the mansfield prison yeah i know you only want to go because of shawshank well yeah 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 exactly and it's haunted my mom got scratched there she had scratch marks on her arm or her back or until something. i have a paranormal experience well i don't want one <laughs> well don't then we give probably it to shouldn't me. go to the mansfield prison then don't give it to me i don't want it give it to kara <laughs> i'll be like this is kara she said she wants no paranormal experience <laughs> and the ghost be like oh yeah here we go <laughs> we've been waiting for a skeptic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or take john because he's a big skeptic is he too. yeah I feel so. like John, we've said this before, mm-hmm. John and I are the same person, mm-hmm. and you and Kyle are the same person. Yeah, similar. Sorry, this chair is really squeaky. <laughs> Has it always, it's never been that squeaky. Now, I'm going to hear that at night and freak out now. You're welcome. Now it's a freaking chair squeaking. You're welcome. Ooh. But <laughs> I feel like I'm like John, you're like Kyle. Yeah. It is. Well, that's why we're best friends. And we are with someone that's similar. Oh, my God. I never thought of that. (laughs) And John and I are the same zodiac sign. Yeah. Kara picked this week because it's our 15th episode. I did pick this week. Milestone. And Kara was upset that I get to pick all the milestones. Yeah, you do. Because I pick evens. Yeah. Kara picks odds. So this is like a milestone episode for Kara. It's a mini milestone. Mini milestone. It's a milestone lit, if you will. What does that mean? You know, like a piglet. Oh my gosh. Milestone lit. <laughs> what made you think of that? Would, 
So, Kara Pick, this week, mm-hmm. what are we doing? What are we doing? The infamous, <laughs> most famous of them all. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, yeah, I think everyone knows. Most famous of them all, Jack the Ripper. Ooh. The Ripper. The Ripper. The Ripper. Yep. We did the Rob Stav Ripper. <laughs> we did. And now we're doing the actual Now Ripper. we're doing Jack the Ripper. Jack. Yep. Well... You go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. Do you say you want to do background? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> sure. I could do background. No, I can do it. So, I could do it. <laughs> so the only source that I have is the book by H.H. H. Holmes. Excuse me. <laughs> so the only source I have is the book by H.H. H. Holmes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's called Profiling Violent Crimes, an Investigative Tool. I've used this book many times mm-hmm. by Robert M. Holmes and Stephen T. Holmes. It's a fantastic book. And they have a mm-hmm. whole chapter, chapter, chapter 13, oh. is dedicated to Jack oh, man. the Ripper. That's on purpose. That's totally on purpose. Because <laughs> I think chapter 14 is Lizzie Borden. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So. From August 1888 through November 1888, the east end of London, which is called the Whitechapel section of London, was living in a state of fear. So they feared an unknown killer who called himself Jack the Ripper. He was first called Leather Apron, and the police and the press came up with that name, and the killer even sent a letter to the media identifying himself as Jack. I don't know if his name was actually Jack, though. Yeah. Nobody really knows. And didn't uh, he didn't he address it Jack the Ripper? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah, he came up with that but but the police first called him the yeah. leather apron killer. Mm-hmm. And they called the killings the Whitechapel murders because that's yeah. they all took place around there. Yep. So the name of this unknown murderer has become famous and um it's just when I I feel like when people think serial killer they think either ted bundy always comes i think mm-hmm. first to a lot of people's minds but then i think jack the ripper also comes to people's minds as well mm-hmm. yes um so kind of some history on this it was a time um when interest in crime was at its all-time high um only a year had passed since sir arthur conan doyle had depicted the crime solving skills of sherlock holmes so so he had a lot published- of holmes yeah lots of homes yeah so he so only a year had passed um when Sherlock Holmes was published Mm -hmm. so that's pretty interesting yeah I didn't realize it came out that long ago yeah and I don't know I think it's interesting (laughs) very interesting very interesting take a shot every time we say interesting I'm trying to buy time while I like (laughs) I can I mean Hold on. I can say things. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Nope, I'm not here. I'm not okay. Here. So, after the murder of the first... I'm trying not to, like, read the entire chapter. <laughs> Let me just read the chapter. That's the whole episode. <laughs> I gave credit. Yeah. No, I know. Um, so, after the murder of the first victim, Polly Nichols, the killings became even more famous when the name Jack the Ripper became mm-hmm. known to the community. Um, and even the West Enders of London became a part of the frightened population. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just Whitechapel. It was basically, I feel like all of London started freaking out. Yeah. Because, I mean, we'll get here. We'll get to this point. But I didn't realize how brutal mm-hmm. the murders are. Like, you hear about Jack the Ripper 
and you kind of hear about his kind of mo's and things like that Mm -hmm. but they are horrible yeah yeah it would be very bad death i mean there's a reason why he's the most infamous serial Mm -hmm. killer because he might even be the worst yeah not in the number of people at least that we know that were found but in the way he brutalizes victims yeah i mean it it, it was bad and Mm -hmm. when i talk about the west enders i'm talking about the west end was was the wealthy society yeah so the east end is where the murders took place Mm -hmm. and that was a place that was super poor a lot of immigrants lived there lots of sex workers yeah Yeah. so prostitution wasn't even illegal Mm -hmm. that i found it was just um only if it caused a disturbance then people would get in trouble for it so it was like all these things were happening in the area so yeah yeah and so even the West Enders, so the, the mm-hmm. really wealthy people, were even fearful. Yeah. So, there were 900,000 people who lived on the East End of London. So, like Taylor said, this is the, the poorer population of London. Many were homeless. And so, Whitechapel is really what this whole East End is called, like we said. And it's an, it was an island within a ghetto, largely ignored by the power brokers and the government and the business leaders. This is nothing new. This is still around <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, there was a lot of overcrowding, disease, unemployment, and just a lot of people, especially women, were affected by it. And many had to turn to prostitution for shelter and food, and many times they had fatherless children. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at this time, remember, this is the 1880s, a man could purchase the services of a woman for the price of a loaf of bread crazy Mm -hmm. and that's like women are trying to just make ends meet by doing these things yeah so and they were most of them were immigrants or from a different country that they and so even the women of london um of the west end part wrote a letter to the queen so these are the wealthy women wrote a letter to the queen asking for protection from jack before he came into their own section and started killing the quote affluent women of london Mm mm-hmm so people were scared yeah so even the wealthy who could afford probably security Mm -hmm. were really fearful yeah during this time yeah because they don't know who to trust and who's doing this there's we'll talk later but like all the suspects you know obviously is never caught so they don't Mm -hmm. know if it's someone from the higher society that came over to that section because you know they don't want to be close to their home or if it's just even someone that doesn't even live there, right. like, in the different country that comes in, they don't know. So, and we don't know now. Nope. So. So, how many victims were there? So, five women, but maybe three more. Mm-hmm. We're not really sure on the victim count. Um, there's some disagreement about um, the exact number. I have that. There was 11 murders at around this time. Mm-hmm. Within, like, that year span, 1888 and into 1889, um, that could be linked to Jack the Ripper, but five are, um, like, For deemed, sure. yeah, yeah, deemed his. Okay. So, as Kara said, there's, we're unsure about the number of victims. Five were his, for sure, at least from the reports. I have that 11 murders occurred at this time that they could be. They believed to be the work of Jack the Ripper, um, and it's because of the how these people are murdered that they're linking them together, 
and within they're all within this white chapel area mm-hmm. um so it's really we'll talk about like his mo kara likes to do that in a little bit <laughs> you like to do them i love doing the mos so there's always a reason yeah so um the first person the first victim i have was emma elizabeth smith um and then also martha tabram but these are not included in the five they're before the five supposedly started so mm-hmm. it's people are unsure whether it's linked to jack the ripper or not um so smith was robbed and sexually assaulted on osborne street in whitechapel at approximately 1 30 in the morning on april 3rd 1888 she was bludgeoned about the face and received a cut to her ear then a blunt object was inserted into her vagina which ruptured her peritoneum and so the peritoneum's like the inner layer of the abdomen like your abdominal wall that's the layer inside Mm -hmm. that protects it so something was shoved so far into her vagina that it ruptured her peritoneum in her abdomen so not that this matters because it's awful either way yeah she alive or dead i don't know i mean she's she oh no she was dead or she was alive sorry yeah i do know that actually so because she didn't die of this she didn't die of this attack she died because of peritonitis in the hospital later so it was an infection that she got from that rupture um so she went under this beating and this assault on her thing alive while she was alive and then died of the infection later so this happened before the jack the ripper murders supposedly and it's not technically attributed to him but um doesn't really fit the mo yeah it doesn't fit his mo but what i'm thinking also with martha who i'll discuss in a second Mm -hmm. this is also if he let's say he's a younger guy and he like just that maybe that's his first attack on anyone i feel like the first attacks aren't you know they he progresses over time with how he does things so it could possibly be him and it's just like it was his first time doing anything like that and it's kind of messy but i feel yeah because i feel like even if that's his first killing Mm -hmm. it's really brutal for a first killing well yeah i mean we don't know what this guy has gone through i guess but i mean all of them are brutal despite whether it's whichever one's his first would be brutal so that's what makes me think since it's around the same time and mm-hmm. area, it could be him. Mm-hmm. Um, then Martha Tabram was murdered on a staircase landing in George Yard, Whitechapel, on August 7th, 1888. She suffered 39 stab wounds to her throat, lungs, heart, liver, spleen, stomach, and abdomen. She also had additional knife wounds inflicted on her breast and in her vagina. All but one of Tabron's wounds had been inflicted with a bladed instrument. They said it could have been a pen knife. I don't really know what a pen knife is. I'm assuming it's a smaller blade that can, like, pop out like a pen. Right. Um, one exception was... Jeez, I have so much reflux. <laughs> reflux. Um, re- <laughs> reflux. <laughs> Remember um, that from a previous episode? What? You said reflux. I said reflex, and you were like, no, reflux. reflux, yeah. I know. It's reflux. That's a previous episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, all of all but one of Tabron's wounds have been inflicted with a bladed instrument that could have been a pen knife. 
and all the wounds had been inflicted by a right-handed individual, they believed, okay. how they were done, I guess. Okay. Um, she had not officially been raped, but you could argue that she was because of the knife right. in the vagina. Right. But, like, not, they didn't find any semen or anything, like, I think she wasn't back then that probably didn't fit the definition of rape, yeah. but I think that's, that yeah. fits the oh, definition, yeah. the present definition now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. She was definitely brutalized right and something was placed in her vagina and inflicted wounds so um but yeah so they didn't have any like dna analysis mm-hmm. that they could use from that um there's mm-hmm. a lack of obvious motive plus in- it was the 1800s so they yeah. probably wouldn't have dna analysis yeah. <laughs> anyway taylor true <laughs> get this to know. the lab <laughs> i don't know what they did back london then. was very before yeah. their t- before yeah. its time <laughs> Yeah, they were like the Jetsons over there. Um, <laughs> there was a lack of obvious mo- motive in this murder, but the closeness of the location to the Ripper murders led the police to think they were closely linked. But it is kind of similar. There's stab wounds. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the Ripper definitely has something against women, and he targets women, and he mutilates women, so this could just be the start. Sorry, it's <laughs> a really chair. squeaky chair. Yeah. Um so let me see where is that yeah so i just put that like i believe it could be the first of his murders either one of them yeah because he's just learning how to do things and it's kind of it's not his specific mo that we'll see Mm -hmm. and they call it the can canical five is that you say it canical canical spell it c-a-n-o-n-i-c-a-l I think it's canical. I have to look at it. I don't know why I asked you to spell it out. I never know when it's spelled out. <laughs> sure. Canical. Let's go Let's with say it. that. Let's go with it. Okay. Do you want me to keep going or you want to go? Number five. I don't care. Okay. First one. <laughs> I want to go. Okay. Go. No. <laughs> you don't even have it. You're not yes, even ready. Yes, I do. Ready. I'm looking at it. Not even ready. I'm never ready. All right. So, his first victim was Mary Ann or Polly Nichols. So, like we said, there was a disagreement concerning the actual number of killings that Jack the Ripper did. Um, So, we're going to spend more time focusing on the five that we for sure Mm -hmm. know. So, Polly was born uh, Mary Ann Walker on August 26, 1845 in Shoe Lane in London. She was five feet, two inches tall, with brown eyes, a dark complexion, and brown hair slightly turning gray. Fun fact, I guess. She had five (laughs) front teeth missing at the time of her death. Oh, no. And her teeth were also slightly discolored, which was pretty common among the poor people in the Mm -hmm. area. Um, She also had a small scar on her forehead, which was perhaps as a result of an accident as a child. (laughs) Getting all the information. You're getting all the information. (laughs) Where's her birthmarks at? (laughs) And people described her as small and clean. Mm -hmm. She was also an alcoholic. (laughs) That's literally the next sentence. (laughs) Took a turn. (laughs) Took a turn. So her father, Edward Walker, was a blacksmith. Her mother's name was Caroline. And Polly had married William Nichols in 1864. And she was 18 years old. They had five children together. Edward, Percy, Alice, Eliza, and Henry. The couple did not have a happy marriage, really, no shit, and separated many times, perhaps as many as six. Well, mm-hmm. she officially separated with William, or from William, I guess, in 1881, 
and later her husband had learned that Polly was making her living as a sex worker. And so he stopped paying her child support, which I found was interesting. I didn't realize that they had child support back yeah. then. Um, some believe that she was living with other men during the time of separation until her time of death. So some criminal background that she had. She had a lengthy police record, but they were all for like minor offenses, mm-hmm. like disorderly conduct, sex working, and drunkenness. Mm-hmm. Which you'll find, which is really, I almost said interesting again, which is very... <laughs> Take um, a shot intriguing mm-hmm. um that a lot of these women had criminal records mm-hmm. well if they're working in this environment mm-hmm. i feel like that's common to have yeah i mean at least now i mean yeah i don't know what it's like in london in the 1800s right. but even now in that you're more likely to have something on your record mm-hmm. if you're living in that environment i think yeah um so mary ann nichols was Discovered at 3.40 a.m. on Friday, August 31st, 1888, her body was found in Bucks Row, which is now called Durward Street, if anyone lives in that area now. Well, snap. In Whitechapel. Um, Nichols had been last seen alive approximately one hour before the discovery of her body, which I thought is pretty interesting and uncommon, I feel like. You don't hear that often that mm-hmm. their bodies found an hour after someone saw them alive. They just kind of left her in the middle of the street. Yeah. So yeah. it just shows that he's just doing this and leaving them there. It's not like he's bringing the bodies from somewhere right. else or. Right. Where they're found there most likely was their kill site. Yeah. Yeah. So Mrs. Emily Holland, who was Mary Ann Nichols' uh, roommate at the lodging house, stated that she saw her walking in the direction of Whitechapel Road just one hour before her body was found. When her body was found, they found her throat was severed by two deep cuts, one of which completely severed all the tissue down to her spine. Her vagina had been stabbed twice, and the lower part of her abdomen was partly ripped open by a deep, jagged wound, which caused her bowels to protrude out. She had several other incisions that were on both sides of her abdomen, and these were all believed to be caused by the same knife. Um, The wounds had been inflicted using a downward thrusting manner, just based on the shape and how deep the cuts were. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, brutal death. He did it right there, super quick. Seems like in rush. Mm-hmm. Um, she was found early in the morning. But most of these women are found in the early hours of the morning. Because, And I'm thinking that makes sense. Like, that's when they're out, you know, working and probably meeting up with men that don't want to be seen in the, you know, in the daytime doing that. So, you'll see that's a trend that it's like they're found. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure these women are more, they just, they're going to trust whatever guy comes up to them because that's their line of work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You have anything else on Nichols? I have a timeline of her last known sightings. Okay. Go. So, (laughs) 11 p.m., she's seen um, seeking dates for sex working. Mm Mm-hmm. At 1.30 a.m., she's asked to leave public lodging because she doesn't have any money for a room. And she tells the manager to save her bed because she'll be back soon. Um, She also made some remarks about her new black bonnet. So, she's very proud of her new black bonnet. Mm -hmm. At 2.30 a.m., so an hour later, Miss Holland um, stated uh, to the police that she was very drunk and staggering along the walls of the buildings as she walked down the street. Mm Mm-hmm. At 3.15, the local, says the local Bobby, so the local police officer, Bobby, <laughs> was walking um, 
It says his beat, so I'm just going to assume it means his route. <laughs> Don't speak London. Yeah. <laughs> Don't speak London. The local Bobby was walking his beat. <laughs> um, on Buck's row, and he didn't see anything weird or strange or unusual. Um, but then 30 minutes later, her body is found by a man on his way home from... I'm sorry, on his way to work. Mm-hmm. At 3.50... A local physician arrives at the crime scene and pronounces her dead. Crazy. Yeah. It's just, like, I hate that when, like, you tell somebody, like, oh, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. And she tells the manager, oh, I'll be back. Like, you know, it's just, like, a typical Mm -hmm. day for her. And then, like, two hours later, she doesn't come back. Like, it's sad. It's really sad. And That stuff happens all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. And this population in this time and in general, people, I didn't say it earlier, but there was a lot of murders at this time in this area because it was just so easy to prey mm-hmm. on these sex workers or anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, So the only reason that these women were found was because they were in the street. Like, If someone actually went out and hid their bodies, no one would have been looking for them, yeah. Like, I feel like. So... It's sad. Like, that's yeah. sad. And it's just... Yeah. I don't know. It's like he picked victims that would be easy targets mm-hmm. and people who wouldn't be missed. Yeah. And I hate saying that. Yeah. But it's just, like, people that are, like, traveling alone. Mm-hmm. Like, no one would know if they went missing or not. Right. So, yeah. The, the only reason I believe that these women were found was obvi- because they were just in were public just in areas. Street. Yeah. So, which is sad because then also we don't know... It would, wouldn't be his M.O. to do that, but he could have killed more that are hidden somewhere right. or just never were found. Right. So, or someone did find him and just, like, brushed it off because it wasn't a big deal to them, back, like, at the right. time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, one week later, on Saturday, September 8th, 1888, the body of Annie Chapman was discovered at six in the morning near the steps of the doorway um, in the backyard of 29 Hanbury Street in Spitalfields, which I think is close to Whitechapel. <laughs> Don't know the geography of the area, <laughs> but... Um, so, similar to Nichols, um, her throat was severed by two deep cuts. Her abdomen had also been cut entirely open with a section of flesh from her stomach being placed on her left shoulder. So, the section was actually carved out and placed on her left shoulder. Another section of skin and flesh, including including her small intestines, were removed and placed on her right shoulder. So, it's very, like, it's particular. Like, and that yeah. happens in the other, like, future cases. But, you know, there's some reason that he's placing these things on. And I don't know if it's, like, a satanic thing or a religious thing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's weird and gross. Yeah, that is really weird. Um, her, the chap, so Chapman's autopsy also revealed that her uterus and sections of her bladder and vagina had also been removed. So, obviously, the Ripper is evolving and changing Mm -hmm. and adjusting things with each victim, and he's just mutilating them. Yeah, and I even feel like this MO is really different from the first victim yeah the first, that's the what I first mean. known victim yeah i'm like that's why i think the first two women i discussed could be because he's just cha- like every time See, it's I don't like i think so i don't know because i think this is still so different from polly nichols well like, yeah he really but... didn't like cut anything out of her 
No, I know, but then how can we say she's a victim but not the other two? See, that's what that's what confuses me about this case mm-hmm. because some like I read about some of these victims and I'm like it doesn't fit. Yeah. I don't know. And it's I mean you can't just say, you know, that because it doesn't follow MO of someone like right. people have the a bit like they can make whatever choice they want in no. this like. So right. No, I agree. Yeah, so I don't know. It doesn't fit the pattern. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, but yeah. Even those two, Nichols and Chapman, are different, but right. they are attributed to him. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I have for Chapman, she was dis- um. So Elizabeth Long says that she saw Chapman standing outside where her body was found, actually at five thirty in the morning. So just like. 30 minutes before Mm -hmm. she was killed. Um, She states that she was accompanied by a dark-haired man wearing a brown deerstalker hat and a dark overcoat, and he was a shabby, gentle appearance. He had a shabby, gentle appearance. Hmm. So, again, we're seeing someone saw her soon before this happened. We actually have somewhat of a description of someone, but Mm -hmm. it didn't lead to anything. Yeah, like I have at 5.30 she's seen talking to Mm -hmm. a man, and then 15 minutes later at 5.45 a.m., her, her body's discovered yeah. so super quick but i'm like that's so quick that's so quick to do so all quick. that in 15 minutes and no one walk no one sees you see that's like, my cutting other a thing. uterus out nobody of nobody sees the stuff happening in the middle of I the street that's like like just so brutal and it's not like yeah he didn't do this with like surgical accuracy like it was quick and just like yeah. rough but like still you, he had to carve out things mm-hmm. like of this i don't know it's, yeah and if, like, some parts are missing, mm-hmm. he's carrying these things with him down the public street. Yeah. And he's not covered in blood? Like, he has to be covered in blood. Yeah. But it's, like, weird because there was no blood found on Polly's body. Not weird? Yeah. Not weird? No blood? Yeah. My book. <laughs> my handy book. How would they not find blood? Says, uh, no blood was found on the body. Weird. Yeah. So he washed that one? I don't know. It doesn't fit the M.O. That's weird. Sorry if you can hear me turn pages. <laughs> She's an actual book. Um, old school on this one. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not super important, but Elizabeth Long, who said she saw Chapman, she said that she's Chapman, the man that was with her, asked, she saw him ask question, will you? And Chapman replied, yes, but we don't know what that conversation ever was. Yeah. Or who the guy was. So, now we go on to the next two. Um, Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Edows. Do you know how to say that last name? Um, no. Edows, I would say. So, Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Edows were both killed in the early morning hours on September 30th, 1888. Stride's body was discovered approximately 1 a.m. at Dutfield's Yard off Burner Street um, in Whitechapel. The cause of death was a single clear-cut incision which measured six inches across her neck. This cut severed her left carotid artery, which supplies the brain and is a big blood vessel, in the neck. Um, in the neck. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> Good. <laughs> which supplies the brain and her trachea, which is also severed, which is the pathway to the lungs. I knew that, So, too. two vital parts of the body 
were severed just with one cut across her neck. So it was a pretty deep cut and it was long and caused a lot of damage and was actually the cause, they said was the cause of her death. Um, so for this, in the investigation, they thought, okay, maybe this someone, this is someone that has somewhat of an idea of human anatomy and like where to actually cut to mm-hmm. kill someone. Um, there was an absence of any further mutilation of her body though. So there wasn't any more stab wounds. There wasn't any cutting out of organs. So they were unsure whether it was the river that did it or if someone, he was like, someone saw him or he had to run, whoever did it was stopped early on. Mm-hmm. Um, several witnesses informed the police that they se- had seen Stride in the company of a man close to Burner Street on the evening of September 29th and in the early hours of September 30th. Um, but each witness gave a different description of what the man looked like, so nothing came of who that man was. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything on Stride before I go to the Dows? Um... Just that um, the body and the face were, were were warm when police and the physician got there, but her hands were cold. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what that means from, like, a medical examiner's perspective. Obviously, mm-hmm. if, if some parts of the body are still warm, they got there pretty yeah. quick. Um, and just like you said, like, they think you, the killer mm-hmm. was interrupted, and I have that. Um, he tried to cut her head off. Yeah. What it seemed like. I mean, it was a deep cut. Yeah. And even the physician who did the medical exam... Um, so that the cut was very clean mm-hmm. and that he thought that the killer had great strength. Yeah. They had, yeah. I mean, with any of them, it seems like you had to have good strength to get through, I don't know. Flesh? Yeah. Like yeah. a whole neck and like, I don't know. And two cuts, muscles, like all the other ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like with the hands. So when people like, um, it's just like medical fun, fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when people like if they are cold like you're hypothermic mm-hmm. your finger like your body will lose your fingers and toes and cut off circulation before it cuts off circulation to the core because your body's like I can get rid of I don't need this like mm-hmm. I rather save the core with all my organs in it. Right. So yeah, when someone dies their fingers are going to start getting cold before mm-hmm. the rest of the, like closer to the heart because the body doesn't want to pump as far because it can't and the heart's like not working. Or if it is, it's very, like, not functional. Mm -hmm. So, that's why. So, yeah, they did get there early if the whole body's not cold. Because I have... um, Did you say the the witness's name? Um, no. Okay. So, I have Louis D.M. Schultz Mm -hmm. um, was driving his horse and his cart um, into Dutfield's yard. Mm. Um, And the horse refused to, like, keep walking. Like, the horse knew that something was wrong. No. Yeah. They know. And even the man sensed that there was something kind of not right. Like, mm-hmm. you just kind of know when your animals aren't acting mm-hmm. right. Um, so, he didn't see, he couldn't see anything because it was very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, he used, like, his whip to, like, kind of feel around a little bit. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and he came into contact with the body. Uh-huh. So, he just assumed that the person was drunk yeah. and passed out. So, he went into the neighborhood to get help. And then two men came to aid him, and then they found her body. Mm-hmm. Um, some people thought that um, Lewis had scared him off, but he thinks that after he left to get help, that the killer was still there mm. um, because the horse was still acting 
really really funny Mm -hmm. and like he said like the body was still warm Hmm. when he touched her so i don't know if jack had kind of stayed low and Mm -hmm. kind of waited until lewis left i don't know yeah like didn't want to move or make noise yeah but he thinks that um he was still at the scene when he left to go get help that's interesting and it's like oh this person could have been apprehended if it if we had like technology like they don't have electricity right (laughs) i think electricity is like 1900s but (laughs) no i think i think they did no way no way they had electricity i'm pretty sure they did like lights yeah like the light bulb yeah yeah, I'm when was sure. electricity invented? Oh, they just got electricity. There you go. 1879. There you go. Thomas Edison. So, but still, like, so obvious. But there wasn't any streetlights, I guess, when, or he would have been able to see. Yeah. <laughs> but a horse can see in the dark. So the horse knew what was. Yeah. What was going on? <laughs> we always like learn something about history. We're like, did they have this? Where it's like. We're like, could they fly planes <laughs> where's this certain country at? yeah <laughs> you learn something you new learn something. what's www dot i mean I don't talk about it. <laughs> so embarrassing a dow's body was found in mitry square in the city of london just three quarters of an hour after the discovery of stride her throat was severed and her abdomen was ripped open by a long deep and jagged wound and her intestines were placed over her right shoulder. So, now that's a trend. Um, the left kidney and a major part of the uterus had also been removed. Her face had been disfigured. Her nose was severed. Her cheeks were slashed. And the cuts measured... There were cuts measuring a quarter of an inch on her eyelids. There were also triangular incisions on her cheeks with the points pointing towards her eyes. Um, And there was a section of her oracle and lobe of her right ear that was recovered from her clothing that had been uh, cut off. So, the police surgeon who conducted the postmortem exam on her stated that these mutilations would have taken at least five minutes. That's not that long, though. Mm -mm. No. Um, so they think that this was both the same killer and who knows, maybe it was because he got interrupted, interrupted with stride Mm -hmm. that he went and found someone else. he wasn't done. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get like that. His like satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like I said, they, they believed that the Ripper was keeping the bodies where they were killed Mm -hmm. and he had to be quick imprecise with the actions in order like to make sure no one saw him out there right so um a local cigarette salesman named joseph lawland oh is this the one that's him you said him i did is that the who's the guy you talked about with the horse lewis oh (laughs) all right never mind okay so a local cigarette salesman named joseph lawland had passed heck is joseph thought I remember you saying Lawland. No. <laughs> okay. No. He passed through the square with two friends shortly before the murder, and he described seeing a fair-haired man of a shabby appearance with a woman who may have been the victim, but he is not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's the only one that has, like, had seen someone mm-hmm. at the time. Also, Adao's bloodied apron was found at the entrance to the tenement 
in Golston Street at 2.55 a.m. Above the, where the apron was found, there was a chalk inscription on the building that said in weird, like, there's, like, weird capitals and stuff, but it said the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. So, the message appeared to apply that a Jew or Jews in the area were responsible for the series of murders, Mm -hmm. but they don't know if that was there before the apron was dropped or if it, you know, if it's just graffiti that was there already Hmm. or if someone wrote that after. So, yeah. Interesting. That's only, it's like none that we have no like evidence or anything for any of these cases. So. Um, Something interesting about um, Catherine Adow's. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't, if you don't recognize that name, she was also known as Kate Kelly, hmm. in case like somebody mm-hmm. knows her from that. But she mentioned to one of the managers of like a housing lodge that she would stay at mm-hmm. that she was hoping that she can get a reward for catching Jack the Ripper. Oh, so she like was so she, she knew, knew of him. She knew what was going on and she knew of him and she was hoping <laughs> that she could get a reward for. Help so maybe she was him. out like looking, maybe. like out at night specifically for that yeah, purpose. Maybe it's possible. Well. Yeah. That's crazy. Very, very possible. Yeah. Um, and again, it's very quick because um, at 1 a.m. of that day, she's released from jail mm-hmm. because actually she got arrested that night at 8.50 p.m. for disorderly mm-hmm. drunken conduct. She was released at 1 a.m. At 1.35, she's seen... By two men in the, mm-hmm. in the company of, of a man, as you said. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes later, her body's found. So quick. So quick. Yeah. Like, how how do, you, how do you cut someone's intestines yeah. out and drape them over the right shoulder in 10 and minutes? And no one saw, like, why, do, why is it always that people are there 10 minutes after? Like, where is, like, only, yeah. there's only, this guy on the horse was the only one that was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it wasn't even enough to save whoever, like, you know. If that's what he was, the horse was sensing and stuff, it wasn't enough to save her. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So the last victim that is attributed to the Ripper um, was Mary Jane Kelly. She was extensively mutilated and disemboweled. Her body was discovered lying on the bed in the single room where she lived at 13 Miller's Court off Dorset Street in Spital Fields. She was found at 1045 in the morning on November 9th, 1888. So there's actually a picture of her mutilated body online. Really? Yeah. It's like it was on the Wikipedia page that where I was looking and it's really messed up. But I won't post that. But if you wanted to see it, it's on Wikipedia. But it's messed up. Um, so, her face had been, in quotes, hacked beyond all recognition. And her throat was severed down to the spine. The admin also... What? That's not supposed to be it. <laughs> I, like, dictated this, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what that meant. Um, so, her throat had been severed down to the spine. And her abdomen was almost completely emptied of its organs. Her uterus and kidneys um, had been placed beneath her head and other viscera from her body was placed beside her foot. Other parts of her abdomen and thighs were also placed upon the bedside table. 
So all her, it's just mutilated her. There's body parts everywhere. The only thing missing from the crime scene was her heart. So her heart was never found. And, but it was not inside of her where it should be. Um, so. (laughs) That comment just made me laugh. (laughs) You can cut all this out. It was just, (laughs) her heart is not where it should be. Just inside her. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) That just made me laugh. You can cut all that out. But yes. So, those are the five. So that's different because it was in her room. Yeah. Not on the street. Yeah. So, like, I have, at 2 a.m., a neighbor sees her on the street and she's seeking money. Mm-hmm. At 3 a.m., she the same neighbor sees her in the company of a man. At 4 a.m., somebody hears a cry come from her room. At 5.45 a.m., someone reports that a man left her room. Mm-hmm. And then at 10.45, so five hours later, her body's discovered. So, like, there's so many opportunities where people are seeing the man with this woman out an hour or so before and no one knows who this freaking man is yeah so it's like he was seen this guy was definitely seen by someone Mm -hmm. but no one you know they couldn't find him yeah and so this is what the neighbor reports i know you kind of went through did you go through the description of the man on this one no no not this one so neighbors reported that when she was seen earlier with this man uh they said that he wore a long dark coat a dark felt hat, trousers, a dark jacket, a linen collar shirt, boots, gloves, and he had a mustache. Hmm. He was estimated to be about 35 years old and was about 5 feet 7 inches tall, which is not very tall. No. That's one inch mm-hmm. from me. Yeah. That's not very tall for a guy. Mm-hmm. So, that's where, like, it's... It gets kind of bizarre and weird of how the medical examiner's like, and I'm not saying a five foot seven guy can't be strong, mm-hmm. but yeah, he could be a bodybuilder for yeah. all we know. But you know, he said he had to be pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And if the women, I mean, I don't know the heights of the women, but to get to their net, easy I access do. to their I'd net, I have all the heights of the women. <laughs> oh yeah, but like you have to have, he had to have had easy access to them. Well, Mary Kelly, it looks like, was his same height. Yeah. So um. I know you said you wanted to talk about the similarities and differences. We don't have to if you don't um, think it's important. No, I think it is. There is. Um, but I also, maybe I, so I have some potential other victims. So maybe okay. I should do those and then we can do differences, similarities and differences, because then we can talk about the other victims too and think if they are, if we think they're ripper victims. Sounds good to me. Okay. So these are... Four potential other victims. Um, so these were other bodies and murders that happened at the time. Mm-hmm. No one was ever convicted for these crimes mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so Rose Milet was found strangled. Um, she was 26, year old, 26 years old. Um, she was found in Clark's Yard on High Street in Poplar on December 20th, 1888. There's no sign of struggle. The police believe she had either accidentally hanged herself with a collar um, in a drunken stupor or committed suicide. There's faint markings on her neck that were left by a cord. So they actually um, believe that she had been strangled after her inquest. And that's what the verdict came back in her trial was that it was murder. 
But obviously Doesn't that's not the, the same MO yeah. at all. But it was a murder in the area around the same time. Mm, I'm going to say no to that one. <laughs> no, not it. Okay. Alice McKenzie was murdered shortly after midnight, July 17th, 1889 in Castle Alley in Whitechapel. She suffered two stab wounds to her neck. Her left carotid artery had been severed. She had several minor bruises and cuts on her body, and there was a seven-inch-long superficial wound extending from her left breast to her navel. The examining pathologist believed that it was a ripper murder, um, but a colleague disagreed. A colleague disagreed, um, and believed that it was someone that was trying to copy the MO of Jack the Ripper at the time. Um, so that's all I know about Alice McKenzie. It's hard to tell. Yeah. It was like uh, almost. It was. It, a year after the others, so. Is there anyone after her? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, um, this one, this person was not ever identified. It's called, they call it the Pynchon Street Torso, because it was just a torso that was found. Um, there was, so it was decomposing at the time, so it wasn't found quickly mm-hmm. like others. Um, they believe it was a woman between ages 30 and 40. She was discovered between a railway arch in Pynchon Street on, in Whitechapel on September 10th, 1889. There was bruising on the victim's back, hip, ar- and arms, which indicated that, um, she had been beaten before, like, before this happened, this mm-hmm. murder happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the victim's abdomen was extensively mutilated, um, extensively mutilated. Um, but her genitals had not been touched or wounded. She appeared to be been killed approximately one day prior to the discovery, so not too too long mm-hmm. before. Um, the dismembered sections of the body were believed to have been transported to the railway arch hidden under an old commise. I don't know what the frick commise is, but so <laughs> the only parts that were discovered was the torso and. It says that the abdomen was mutilated, but it doesn't explain what. It doesn't say yeah, it doesn't. if there was organs missing or not. But hmm. yeah, interesting. But it seems this one also doesn't necessarily fit the mo, and it, the body was moved, which is unlike the other Ripper mm-hmm. murders. Right. He seems to just leave them where they are. So this one seems more like thought out and not spur of the moment. I would say, mm-hmm. especially if you're cutting off someone's extremities. Right. You have to have a more time for that. Right. Um, and the Which last... maybe why it was moved. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so on... Wait, is this the... Yes, this is the last one of these four. So at 12.15 a.m. on February 13th, 1891, so a few years mm-hmm. after, Ernest Thompson discovered a 25-year-old sex worker named Francis Coles lying beneath a railway arch at Swallow Gardens in Whitechapel. Her throat had been deeply cut, but her body had not been mutilated, leading some to, be- some to believe Thompson, who discovered the body, had disturbed the assailant, so maybe walked up on them when they, or like, you know, they heard him coming. Yeah. Um, so, Coles was actually still alive when Ernest Thompson found her, although she did die before medical help could arrive. Um, 53-year-old Stoker, James Sadler, had earlier been seen drinking with Coles, and the two are known to have argued approximately three hours before her death. Mm -hmm. Sadler was arrested and charged with the murder, 
Um, and they briefly thought he could be the Ripper, mm-hmm. um, but there was lack of court evidence. So he was actually discharged, discharged, it says, but released mm-hmm. on March 3rd. So they had someone that yeah. they thought committed a murder, but also Coles probably knew this guy if she was having an argument with him beforehand. And it was more like probably if he did that, yeah. more of a passion thing. Right. I don't know. Right. Like a passion killing. Yeah. Not yeah. just someone. It wasn't just a random person, you know. Right. Um, they're also, this is just, it's like, I don't know what's the right word. Not a conspiracy. Like a wise tale. I don't know. So they don't know if it's true or not. Um, there's the case of Fairy Fay, um, which is said to be an unidentified body of a woman who is discovered in a doorway um, on December 26, 1887. A stake had been thrust through her abdomen. So, like, vampire style. I don't know what the heck. But, so some people believe that it was the work of Jack the Ripper because it resembled Emma Smith, who I discussed earlier that isn't listed as one of his victims, who had a stick shoved in her vagina. Hmm. So, but some authors say that Fairy Fane never existed and this is just a story. So, I'm not sure, really. It's like a wives' tale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, then I have two women that says that were attacked by someone that they don't know, but they survived. So, Annie Millwood, um, was admitted to an infirmary with numerous stab wounds on her legs and lower lower torso in 1888, February of 1888, so earlier than the other, Mm -hmm. um, things. She told staff she'd been attacked with a clasp knife by an unknown man. She was discharged um, and then died of natural causes in March of that year. So some people believe she was potent. She could have been Ripper's first victim if that if um, she died from that. Ada Wilson was also stabbed twice in the neck with a clasped knife on the doorstep of her home, March twenty eighth, eight March twenty eighth, eighteen eighty eight. She lived in the same lodging house as Martha Tabram, which is also unsure if it was a Ripper victim, but someone who was murdered. Um, But she didn't report the attack. So she's, Ada Wilson survived that. She didn't report the attack until November 21st, 1888. So when these Ripper murders were occurring, then she came out and said, oh, I was like attacked by someone a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But people are unsure. They say that the superficial cut to her throat may have been self-inflicted for publicity hmm. or for five seconds of fame. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. So, let's talk similarities and differences between the main five mm-hmm. victims that we know. So, Nichols, Chapman, Stryden, and Dows were all separated from their husbands. Mm-hmm. All five of them were sex workers, had criminal records, and lived with several men in Whitechapel. Nichols, Chapman, and Dows, and Kelly all had kids. So, when I say Kelly, mm-hmm. I mean, um... The last victim. The last name was Kelly. Oh, okay. Because that Mary confused Jane me. Because Katie Kelly was also Catherine's... Dows, yeah. Yeah. Nichols, Chapman, Dows, and Stride all had dark complexions. And Chapman, Stride, and Kelly had organs removed from their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, differences. So, Kelly was the only victim who was blonde, had blue eyes, and was found in her apartment. Mm Well, of course, we said all the other victims were found on the street. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's 
kind of like how some serial killers will pick women who look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from someone in their past or someone that's hurt them. Right. I, I don't know if this is what Jack was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all pretty much the same except for Kelly. Yeah. Who was blonde and had blue eyes and had a lighter complexion. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could be that maybe Kelly was just was with the man mm-hmm. for money and just he killed her during that time yeah i don't know yeah and the the ripper murders were so well known at the time mm-hmm. in this area it's hard to know if people were trying to copycat the murders that had right. happened right so i don't know i don't know i don't know that's the whole podcast i don't know i, I don't know <laughs> so the investigation so, there was a large team of policemen that conducted Bobbies. house... Bobbies. <laughs> house to house inquiry, inquiries throughout Whitechapel. Forensic material was collected and examined as best they could at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck they had to do. <laughs> um, suspects were identified, um, questioned, and examined more closely, or they were eliminated from the process. So, they state that the, like, modern police work now is done very similarly, Mm -hmm. you know, but just not as much technology. Right. But they did follow, they believe that they were following, you know, the correct way to do it. So, more than 2,000 people were interviewed and upwards of 300 people were investigated and 80 people were detained and questioned Hmm. for the murders. There was even a reward for 500 euros for the arrest of the Ripper which at the time was a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's a lot of money now, but, you know, that's like a lot of money in the 1800s. So they believe that there were, that they were looking for either a butcher, a slaughterer, a surgeon, or a physician because of how the mutilations mm-hmm. were conducted. I even have Barber on my list. Oh, yeah, that's a, a barber. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because you got a clean shave mm-hmm. back, you know, the I mean, next, people still yeah. get old school shaved, I think, yeah, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm, but like so. back then with the straight razors, yeah, you like, gotta be super skilled not to freaking cut yeah. someone's neck i know that's scary Ugh. um so the commissioner of the city um made sure that like all the local butchers and slaughterers were investigated and had mm-hmm. alibis um they also said that queen victoria they thought that um It says some contemporary figures such as Queen Victoria thought the pattern of the murders indicated that the culprit was a butcher or a cattle driver um, on one of the cattle boats. So this was interesting, I thought. So they said the cattle boats. So all these murders, at least the five that were attributed to the Ripper, occurred on a weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Or they were found on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. The cattle boats would come in on the weekends, so the drivers would be in town on the weekends, so they would come in on Fridays and stay till Sunday and leave and go back to wherever, like, get on the boat and go back to wherever they're from. So they're like, oh, maybe this person is a driver of one of, or a salesman on one of those boats because that's when... I like that I know. I like it, too. Yeah. Um, Supposedly, though, they did question all the boats that were docked and all the boats that had come in and out. Um, so they didn't find any, like, good leads Mm -hmm. within that. Um, Whitechapel also, um, made a vigilance committee that was started in September 1888. 
So this was just a group of citizens that wanted to patrol the streets because they believed the police weren't doing their job right. So members were concerned that the murderers were also affecting businesses in the area, so the people really wanted to figure out what the heck was happening and who was doing this. Mm-hmm. The committee petitioned the government to a to raise the reward um, for any information leading to the arrest of the Ripper, and they even offered their own reward of 50 euros for information leading to the capture. They also hired a private detective to question witnesses independently. So they were really... They, yeah. They really wanted to figure this out, um, but they did not get anywhere, obviously. You know what I find weird that yeah. I just thought of? So, it seems like nowadays, when a string of sex workers gets killed, mm-hmm. law enforcement doesn't really... Not that they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't look into it as hard as if look, it's, like, suburban you, women. Yeah. Like... And rich women. <laughs> and this is in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. Maybe sex working mm-hmm. was more accepted yeah. back then. Maybe that's why. But I. Yeah, it wasn't illegal at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, that just popped in my head when you were talking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I also think that the public knowing about the murders, though, and like how you said the West End was also concerned, like, He's going to come over here. That's a good point. So, maybe it was more like, well, because... We got to protect the West. We have to make sure that people aren't freaking out. Mm -hmm. So, we have to try to figure this out more so. And if it was like... If it just stayed within that community of people, maybe they wouldn't have cared as much. Mm -hmm. But since it was so well known, maybe that's That's why. And the brutality of the murders Mm -hmm. really pushed them. I don't know. I don't know. I I would like to hope that they would just do that because that's the right thing to do. Right. But, you know, history says. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. What did you want to do next? Um, so, I have that um, he might have, like, a part of the police theory mm-hmm. um, that he might have come from a family where the father was either not present at all mm-hmm. or very passive. Mm-hmm. Um, he, of course, had a strong hatred and loathing towards sex workers. And he may have been interviewed by authorities, but overlooked. So he could Probably. be one of those drivers. Yeah. And he may have had a neat and orderly appearance. So, which would make sense if he was overlooked. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, you know. Yeah. Or, like, I also like the theory of someone from West End coming over. Like, someone that's, like, well-to-do. Yeah. And comes over and does that because... Like a doctor. They're not going to yeah. question them they'll be like oh Mm -hmm. like mr smith could never do that like i don't know Mm -hmm. so yeah i have um robert anderson was an investigator i believe he asked the police surgeon thomas bond to give a statement on his opinion of the murders and who could have done it like with the skills and knowledge Mm -hmm. so i have his statement that he gave um he said all five murders no doubt were committed by the same hand in the first, for the, th- the throats appeared to have been cut from left to right. In the last case, um, what the heck? So, he would have to be right-handed then. Yeah. Because well, it's, it's easier. Yeah, so if he across... came up from behind them, it would make sense that mm-hmm. the cuts are from left to right. And that would, But that would still make sense if the bodies are laying on their back, too. Oh, yeah. It would have to go. it's easier to yeah. go across your body. Mm-hmm you know, 
one like no one can see what i'm doing yeah no yeah as you would think like it'd be easier you're to not go... gonna cut backhanded you're gonna cut right. it. it'd be easier to go across your body like mm-hmm. you're doing a backhand in tennis mm-hmm. than to do like a front hand yeah. in tennis if that makes sense yeah no yeah so yeah. they do think yeah he was right-handed yeah because i remember you said that earlier so i'm like mm-hmm. okay so right-handed makes sense yeah um so he said in the last case Owing to the extensive mutilation, it is impossible to say in what direction the fatal cut was made, but arterial blood was found on the wall and splashes close to where the woman's head must have been lying. All, this, all circumstances surrounding the murders lead me to form the opinion, opinion that the woman must have been lying down when murdered, like you just said, mm-hmm. and in every case, the throat was first cut. So, hmm. he was unsure whether it was someone that had the skills or not. Um, But a lot of people believe that, well, they're strongly opposed to that the murder possessed any scientific or anatomical knowledge. Even they said they didn't even think he had the technical knowledge of a butcher or horse slaughterer. So they really believe that the killer did not have a background in it, which I don't know. That's hard to say. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and see, now I have, so I have this, so I don't know when DNA analysis came out (laughs) again. Don't know when things came out, but it says, um, DNA analysis were inconclusive and the available material had been handled so many times that it it was too contaminated. So maybe once DNA analysis was more common, maybe they pulled evidence again. 1980s. Okay. Yeah. So maybe they pulled evidence then, but it was by that point, it's like. They couldn't figure anything out. And everyone that could have been the killer was long dead by then. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to do the most likely suspect last. Okay. Who? I don't even have names of suspects. Oh, so. I have names. Yeah. So, I don't. So, I'm I'm all ears. <laughs> all right. First suspect, Joseph Isaacs. So, he was seen with Mary, near Mary Kelly's apartment around the time of her killing. He was arrested for theft and he was jailed, and so suspicion of him being Jack the Ripper had just kind of diminished. Mm-hmm. George Chapman was another uh, suspect. He was a violent man and could apparently have no motive to kill women, but he beat his wives, mm-hmm. so hatred so towards didn't women. didn't like women. Mm-hmm. William Henry Burry, um, he had Jack the Ripper graffiti in his home. Hmm. And he fell silent when people would talk about Jack the Ripper. And he never denied being Jack the Ripper when he was mm-hmm. asked. Now, it could be, it's like, oh, this is my hero. Yeah. So, like, when people ask. He wants like, some people to think that he's Jack the Ripper. When people ask if I'm Batman, I go silent. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're. Yeah. I don't ever deny I'm not Batman. Yeah. Duh. 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 <laughs> um, another suspect was Dr. Thomas Cream. Um, information was revealed later that he was hanged in 1892, but was in prison in the United States at the time of the Jack the Ripper killings. Mm. So, probably not him. Probably not him. Another suspect was Jill the Ripper. So, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who's the creator of Sherlock Holmes, believes that Jack the Ripper was a woman. One reason he believed this was that he thought she was a nurse and had medical knowledge to remove body parts taken by the killer. That, if that, like, ever reveals that, 
it was yeah. a woman, that is just going to shake up the whole but that's true crime just, scene. I mean, I feel like that's unlikely just because we have so many witnesses that saw men with these women yeah. so close to the time of the killings. And, yeah, I think they would look past if a woman was with another woman. They just wouldn't even think about it. But I don't know. So some additional information um, with George Chapman that I didn't realize. Um, He was hanged in 1903 for the murders of his wives, plural, by poison. Mm. There's no evidence that actually ties him as Jack the Ripper. But... As he's swinging from the gallows, he shouts, quote, I am Jack. Hmm. So who knows? Yeah, but he could just be doing that. Yeah. Like, whatever. And he poisoned his wife's, but then mutilated other women. I don't know. Maybe he, because he still loved his wives-ish. Maybe he's like, I won't mutilate Not that much. I'll just poison them. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough. Dr. Rosalind Donston is another suspect. He was a surgeon in a hospital two blocks from the murder of Polly Nichols. He was a known he was known to associate with sex workers, and one news clipping actually identified him as Jack the Ripper, but there is no evidence. Mm-hmm. Prince Edward Albert, the Duke of Clarence, <laughs> and the grandson of Queen Victoria I saw <laughs> was a suspect. Yeah. There's a theory that the royal household was covering up his involvement in the murders. And he died in 1892 of either syphilis or the flu. They're not sure. Well, that'd be hard to get away with it if you're in a royal family. That's true. I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. (laughs) Montague Druitt. He was a school teacher, a barrister, barista, barista? Is that a male? (laughs) Is that a male coffee? (laughs) School teacher, barista drug user Mm -hmm. he was strongly considered jack the ripper but he allegedly committed suicide by jumping into thams river but like there again there's no evidence tying any of these people Mm -hmm. yeah they're just people that they thought were sketch yeah james maybrick maybrick is a new suspect because of the alleged jack the ripper diary he was a cotton broker moving about england from liverpool to london and doing business in the Whitechapel area Mm-hmm. He appears to be a main suspect in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, that's why I think it's. I think it's probably someone that didn't live in the area. Oh, we'll get to who I think. Yeah, it is. Dr. Francis Tumletty. <laughs> he was an Irish American outlaw. He was in London at the time of the murders, and he left London in 1888 after being arrested. But he escaped custody. Hmm. Not much about him. Aaron Kosminski. <laughs> He was a Polish Jew and a resident of Whitechapel. He was known to be a person who was insane and had held great hatred towards women. And he spent his final years in an insane asylum where he died. I'm like, is that who you think? Or what? No, it's oh, not okay. who I think. Because I'm like, someone that was put in an asylum, I don't know if he could have pulled off these right. murders. And, uh, you know, I don't know when he went downhill enough to be put in a mental institution, but it's still, Mm -hmm. it's hard to believe. I feel like whoever did it was very aware of what they were doing. They were very, like, calculated Mm -hmm. and even though it was quick and, like, it seemed like it was just an opportunist attack. Yeah. It still was, they knew what they were doing. Right, right. 
Here's who I think it is. Okay. Joseph Silver. Okay. <laughs> so he had a criminal history. I'm not going to say what he did in prison because it's awful. I'll tell you later. <laughs> he did something really bad in prison. Okay. Um, he also organized a gang to run prostitutes in London. Mm. He contracted syphilis and had a strong hatred towards women because of this. Two of his wives disappeared without a trace. Oh. And he used to threaten women and exclaim that he would cut them open. Jeez. He traveled between countries, which could explain why Jack the Ripper disappeared. Mm-hmm. He was also in Whitechapel during the times of the murders. And it was suspected that Jack the Ripper had skills with a knife, and Silver had previously worked as a barber. And his upbringing also involved the ancient texts of Ezekiel, which talked about punishing horse, quote, horse. Oh. That's who I think it is. Yeah, I mean, that's out the person... Of, that, out of all of these. That's the person that the most information is, like, on. I, like, other people, we mm-hmm. don't know that much information about them. Mm-hmm. That sounds, like, logical. Yeah, but he had a strong hatred towards women. He was involved with prostituting women out. Mm-hmm. He was a barber. Mm-hmm. He lived in Whitechapel during the time. A lot of these people, like, that one was, like, he was in a prison in America. Okay, well, yeah. then why is he on the suspect list? Yeah, <laughs> it's not him. Um, and talked about punishing, quote, whores. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack the Ripper has a quote um, that I'll read at the end because mm-hmm. I think it's a nice, like, closer. <laughs> but like he talks Ripper a- quote. But he talks about punishing, quote, unquote, whores yeah. in the quote. So, I yeah, think you it's... obviously know he has something against women in general, but also but, sex workers, but particularly and... sex workers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's definitely a good suspect, mm-hmm. which makes me think for whatever reason, and this is just my brain trying to make connections. Mm-hmm. So, like, the police theory think that he either had an absent father or a passive father, which makes me think maybe, um jack the ripper's mom let's say it's just just let's just say it's silver mm-hmm. i don't know if it's silver or not um maybe jack the ripper's mom was a sex worker who mm-hmm. got pregnant and that would explain why he doesn't have a father mm-hmm. maybe um his mom isn't the most attentive parent in yeah. the entire world and maybe he just he thinks all women are gonna like are like yeah. his mom yeah yeah no Definitely That's just my brain, like... Psychoanalyzing. <laughs> psychoanalyzing things. Yeah. Well, you do see that when guys, other, mur- like, serial killers, murderers, mm-hmm. that have issues with their mom have this hatred towards women because of this relationship that they had with their mom when they were younger. You know, it's very, yeah. like... I feel like it's uncommon to have this hatred towards women unless you've had some type of traumatic experience with mm-hmm. a woman, whether it's, like... Oh, like, I don't know who. I don't even know if it was a movie or not. It might have been a movie or a real person. But, like, like a guy who's, like, when he's a kid, just can't get any girls, like, because he's a nerd or, like, a weird kid. So all the girls, like, make fun of him. And then he has this hatred towards women going into adulthood and, like, Mm -hmm. wants to kill them. That's either a movie or a serial killer. I I mean, I think that happens a lot with serial killers. They're very um, impotent. Mm -hmm. And so they can't. And so they, they, because they get made fun of, I feel like we did somebody. Yeah. Um, it was probably, I think it was Chikatilo. He was impotent. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. impotent. And so, and even mm-hmm. the freaking kids he was teaching were making fun of him mm-hmm. for how he looked and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, or you have like Ted Bundy mm-hmm. who was lied to where his, he didn't know who his mom was mm-hmm. until later on in life. Yeah. So that screws with you a little bit. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he only targeted women. Like yeah. this is like, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Definitely is correlated. So yeah. no matter who this, the killer is, mm-hmm. there's something in their past that had led them to that point. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Joseph Silver. Joseph Silver. He did it. It's him. Yep. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so now I kind of want to talk about the kind of killer he is, because if you remember when, if you even listened to our first episode, which I hope you didn't, because it's cringe, <laughs> um, I talked a lot about different types of killers. Mm-hmm. So sex killer, mission killer, sadistic killer, all those kind of types of killers. Mm. Um, so I think he's, obviously he's a sex killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's also a sadistic serial killer. So sadistic serial killers, the victims aren't known to the killer. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know who he is, we don't know if these women actually knew him. Um, but the killings were also ritualistic. The stabbing was a frenzy and kind of like an overkill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, were... they say most of them died of that initial yeah. cut across their neck. Yeah. So. And especially if he cuts the carotid, mm-hmm. I mean. You bleed out quick. Yeah. And there was a display of remains of the victims. Mm-hmm. So it's like he kind of set the scene. Yeah. So that's very sadistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think he was a mission killer. So mission killers have a mission. Mm-hmm. And he may be looking to eliminate sex workers. Mm-hmm. Or women in general. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like those are definitely good um, profiles. <laughs> I don't know of, of him. <laughs> that's definitely... He seems to be motivated by just yeah. women in general, like, yeah. well, sex workers. Yeah, I think But so. who knows if that's just because they're easy targets right. for women in general or it was specifically them. I'm thinking specifically. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm thinking, like I said, Jack the Ripper's mom was a sex worker, mm-hmm. and that's why the profile says that he could be fatherless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like... A very logical... Hire me on this case. Boom. Cold Hired. Case. Thank you. Joseph Silver. Joseph, Joseph <laughs> Silver, where you at? <laughs> so now we can talk about the letters that we've mentioned, I believe, earlier. Mm-hmm. I think so, we did. There were a lot of letters sent to the police and, like, newspapers either saying that they knew something about Jack the Ripper or saying they were from Jack the Ripper himself. Um, but that's where the name Jack the Ripper came from was actually letters that were sent so right he coins himself that name yeah Yeah. supposedly whoever wrote it coins this killer that but again it's hard to know if he's the one sending these Mm -hmm. like they got so many letters that it's hard to know if he sent them right and so i'll talk about the the three letters that are the the ones that stand out from all the other ones um so there was the dear boss letter this was dated september 25th and it was postmarked September 27th of 1888. It, re- it was received the same day by a central news agency and was forwarded to Scotland Yard on September 29th. Initially, they thought it was a hoax, um, but a Dow's body was found three days after the letter arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and her ear was cut. This was one of one of the victims that her ear was cut off. Uh-huh. And in this Dear Boss letter... The author wrote, clip, 
I'll clip the lady's ear off in that letter. So it definitely, like, raised their mm-hmm. attention that were like, oh, okay, this might actually be him. However, Adao's ear appeared to have been nicked by the killer on accident, so they're unsure if it was on purpose that the letter said this and then it happened. Um, Also, the letter mentioned that the ear was going to be sent to police, but this, they never got Mm -hmm. an ear in the mail. But this was the first time that the letter was signed Jack the Ripper, and this name gained this worldwide notoriety after um, so then after this letter was published and open to the public, most of other the other letters followed this letter's toned. They were signed by Jack the Ripper, um, and a lot of and the police just like discarded fakes and unless they said something that they thought was interesting. Okay. Um, there's the other the next letter, or it's actually a postcard that they thought was important. This was postmarked October first, eighteen eighty eight, and it was received this received the same day by the central news agency the handwriting was similar to the dear boss letter and it mentioned the can i can't say it the canical murders um (laughs) that were committed so it mentioned a murder that was committed on september 30th Mm -hmm. the author refers to the murder by writing in quotes double event this time so we know that stride Mm -hmm. and adows were killed the same night and so it's hinting towards there's double homicide yeah and there's a double homicide mm-hmm. okay but it was argued that the postcard was actually posted before the murders were publicized so they were like okay this is the real deal it's him but then there's other resources that says that it was postmarked more than 24 hours after the killings after the details had already been publicized and they think that it could have been a hoax so it's like unsure yeah. whether that was actually so, yeah, we're unsure if the Saucy Jackie postcard, that's what that one was called. Saucy Jackie. I don't know no, why. Saucy Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he signed it like that. I don't know. That's funny. Unsure if that one is That's going to... Saucy Jackie. Saucy Jackie. <laughs> 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 All right. The last letter that was found to be important was from Hell Letter. This was received by George Lusk, who is a leader of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee on October 16, 1888. The handwriting style of this letter was unlike the style of the Dear Boss letter Mm -hmm. and the Saucy Jackie postcard. The letter came with a small box in which Lusk discovered half of a human kidney that was in wine. Sick. So, Adao's left kidney had been removed by the killer, as we discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. The writer in this letter claimed that he fried and ate the missing half of the kidney. Great. Um, There was disagreement whether the kidney was real or fake, you know, because it was in this, like, wine or whatever. Do they know if it was the right or the left one? Um, so... Did you say that? No, I'm gonna. Okay. So, the kidney was examined by Dr. Thomas Openshaw of the London Hospital. He determined it was human and it was the left-sided kidney. Okay. He could not determine any other biological characteristics and couldn't determine if it was from the the victim, Adaus. So, then actually, Openshaw received a letter signed from Jack the Ripper after that, but I don't know what that letter was said. Hmm. So... These letters were published in the Scotland Yard, 
in hopes that someone would recognize the handwriting and be able to pin it on someone, but nothing came of the letter. So, really, in the long run, besides the kidney, which is weird, but hmm. nothing came from them. Right. And the name, Jack the Ripper. Interesting. Yeah. But it is very... People say that... People say that Jack the Ripper, or Zodiac, kind of stole things from the Rip- Jack the Ripper because he mailed the letters and taunted the police and Jack the Ripper supposedly did that but again I don't know I don't know if I can believe that the letters came from him or not I don't know yeah it's tricky because he never said anything that was super like oh definitive like in seven nights I'm gonna kill someone and that right then it happened like right so or he didn't like leave a letter at the crime scene like son of sam did yeah 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 the only thing we have at a crime scene not even at the crime scene was where the apron was dropped of the one victim and there was some graffiti yeah. but then again we don't know if that's just graffiti because right. there was a lot of jewish people living in that area so like it could just be graffiti I, right hmm. yeah so obviously jack the ripper is a big case mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> a lot of people know of him um, the East End, where these murders took place, eventually were cleared and demolished over the next two decades, so a lot of it's not there anymore. Some streets and buildings did survive, and if you go there now, there are a lot of guided tours and stuff pertaining to Jack the Ripper. He became children's boogeyman that they would just, like, talk about in stories and folklore and stuff. Um... He was depicted in films as a man in everyday clothes with a secret who would prey on unsuspecting victims. So, there's just, like, a lot about Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, I was telling Kara about this earlier, there's a wax figure museum, Madame Tussauds Chamber of Horrors, that has wax figures of a bunch of, like, killers and mm-hmm. creepy people and whatever. He is depicted in there as a shadow. So interesting. they didn't put him. Yeah, so it is interesting that they have, I don't know what it looks like, yeah. but just like a shadow figure. We could probably look it up and post it. Yeah. yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. A shadow. Do you have anything else? Um, just that there's a show on Netflix called The Ripper that's about ja- Is it Ripper's about cases. him? Like, is it a documentary? I or think so. Or is it like scripted? I think it's a documentary. It is? Okay. It looked like there was like pictures and of like that time and that area and okay stuff. so interesting i think it's an actual documentary and there's also a website I found called jack jack dash the dash ripper dot org www www oh, okay. yep and this person whoever it is mm-hmm. did extensive research on the case they list like all suspects has pictures of suspects have like they have so much information so if you want to learn more about the case that, I think that's a good resource. Mm, cool. I will leave you with that's this all. then. Here's the <laughs> quote. The quote. <laughs> of Jack the Ripper. I don't know where this came from. I don't know. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But it's but he's quoted as saying, God has placed me here on earth to kill all whores. Well. Joseph Silver. Yeah. Sound like whores. Sounds like something he would say. <laughs> that guy. That guy. Yep. But God placed me here on earth to kill all whores. Yeah. Well, that's Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. What a jerk. Most infamous serial killer. Yeah. 
It's so long ago. The one who but. started it all. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure serial killers were a thing before. <laughs> but No. <laughs> but he's the one, you know, where everyone's like, yeah. Jack the Ripper was like the first. Do you think there were serial killers like caveman times? <laughs> yeah. Like, I totally think so. I mean, they probably killed each other just for the heck of it back then. Yeah. They're probably like, you know what? You ticked me off today. Yeah. Just like anim- like wild animals. Yeah. Well, good pick, Kara. Long episode. Jack the Ripper. You know it's going to be a long one. And I got to edit it. Yep. <laughs> and I have a test this week. Um, who? What are we doing next week? Do you want to say? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so next episode, we're going to do a recommendation from my friend Madison. Madison, if you listened... Thank you. <laughs> we're going to do Lake Lanier. So we're which, doing a location this A location. Time. A haunted... Shit. <laughs> I just punched the absolute crap out of my mic. You good? Yeah. We're doing a location. <laughs> we're going to do Lake Lanier. It's in Georgia. It's a haunted lake where a lot of weird things have happened. So we're going to do that. Cool. If you have any recommendations on where Taylor and I should travel to. <laughs> yeah. Email episodes. Us, whoop whoop. Email us at alatimurder at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at alatimurder. Yes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>